0: Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. So excited about today's show, and just let you know, in the latter part of the hour, Mr. Brent Marchand, the resident movie critic for TGRN, will be here with me talking about The Land of Steady Habits, The Wife, Crazy Rich Asians, if you haven't seen it, and Fahrenheit 11.9. And now, for the guest we've all been waiting for, she is one of my favorite people on the planet. Her reputation precedes her. She's an internationally acclaimed author, animal communicator, and teacher. Please welcome Marta Williams. Before I let her talk, though, I want to tell you that um, some people think that animal communication sits right there in the middle of woo-woo. But let me tell you, Marta has her roots in science, firmly based in science. She has a master's degree in biology. She's worked for many years as an environmental scientist. She has written extensively for animal-related journals, and she has published four popular books on animal communication. I have all of them, Learning Their Language, Ask Your Animal, Beyond Words, and My Animal Self. Or My Animal Myself. Marta regularly travels throughout the U.S. and internationally to teach people how to communicate intuitively with their animals and nature. Yeah, nature. She also teaches online and offers a master's program for teaching people to become professionals. She lives on a farm. That's where she is right now in Northern California. And she provides private consultations for animals and their people. Now, I happen to know that she has a week long intensive coming up in November. So it's something that you all can look forward to, especially if you love what you've been hearing from us. (laughs) So welcome, Marta. So good to see you again. Thank you, Frankie. And thank you so much for having me as a guest on your program. I cannot believe it's really nice that you do this. Yeah, I can't yep. believe that, wow. that it's been this long to never. get you on the show. It blows my mind. Better
1: than never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, I know you wanted me to kind of explain to people, because there might be all different levels of understanding of this in your listening audience. So, I can I can just talk about some of the basics first, if you'd like.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. You know, a lot of people um, have animals and and they, they think, oh, you know, gee, I wish I could, my dog could tell me what he wanted or my cat could tell me. And I can just tell you from personal experience, having taken some classes with Marta, that it's not as difficult as you think. Let's talk about, you know, where does it right. come from? How do you do it?
1: Well, my, my, my premise is that everybody has the ability to do this. So when I'm teaching classes, I'm just teaching you how to, get in touch with that ability, not how to have it. Right. You already have it. Everybody has it. Everybody's born with it. And in most cultures in the world, what happens is we're encouraged to think of it as fiction, silly, fantasy, can't happen, not real. So by the time we're adults, we we just don't go there. Although people who are animal owners go, you know, I know. I know my animals understand me. I know they are as intelligent as I am. I just can't hear what they're saying.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: most animal people get it. People who aren't animal people may never get it. And people who are really kind of stodgy scientists or really like Randy the Magician type, you know, everything is, uh, all magic is is untrue, you know, are never going to get it. But people have an open mind, we'll be able to learn it fairly easily. So I tell people, first of all, if you don't get it in my class, you don't have to pay. Oh, Because wow. that's how confident anybody in the world how to do this, if they want to do
0: it. And it's not okay? like, oh, Fifi, you're such a good little girl. We just love you so much. I mean, you don't know. You don't even have to
1: talk. Well, it. no, the the thing that I focus on because I'm I am a scientist and because I I I had to prove to myself that it was real before I really jumped on this bandwagon because I mean I jumped all all four feet into this field, you know. But I before I did that, I needed to look at is it real and how can you prove it? And so what I did was I I did um verifiable exercises with the animals asking them things that there's no way that i could have known like what you know what does your vet look like and and who's your best friend and what does it look like where you go for a walk and what does it look like where you live and what's your favorite thing to do i mean things like that yeah how did you meet your person um what was happening to you before you met the person these kinds of questions, you really can't make up the answer. You can't have a lucky guess on those guys. you know? And yeah, so when you once. get those correct, 80 to 100 percent, you know, you're not always going to be 100, but if you get 80 to 100 percent, then you know that you are doing well. Now, um, that's typically what my students in my master program do. They do 90 to 100% accurate for every single case. And I make them do 60 case studies supervised before they go off and practice. And one of the people who's also a scientist who's in this field, Rupert Cheldrake, who wrote the book dogs that know when their owners are coming home. Oh yeah. He said that if you get 25% accurate, he said, if you get 25% accurate, it's more than chance. Well, people in my classes and, people study with me get way more than that they get you know maybe sometimes 70 but it's rare for somebody to get lower than that percent accurate and that means you take every single data piece you mark it and then you tally it and see what your percent accuracy is so i have a really different approach to teaching this than a lot of other people because it's scientific yeah. and what and it also makes you track your progress so what happens in that system is after a while you stop questioning and you start going am I really doing this is it really real can people really do this and you just get it that it's real and that the rest of the world doesn't understand that it's real but you've proven it to yourself so that's the process you know
0: know, I I remember taking your class and I remember uh communicating with a cat in England and the cat you know showing me this piano a white piano and classical music and uh the staircase and a couple other things. And I, and I remember, you know, I, really? Okay. And I, and I communicated it back, <clears throat> excuse me, to to the owner of the cat. And she was, Oh yeah, I play classical music every night on the piano. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> who would have known?" Right. But when you believe that, was, and when you, and you, even if you don't know, say it, you have to say it. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, there are, a number of techniques that I teach in the beginning class, and just so people know, I don't offer that every month, but I offer tutor a tutoring session privately. If people want to take the beginning class with me, they can do it privately in a tutoring session. Mm-hmm. So in that session, I teach the basic things you need to do to be successful. And then I offer classes online every month, plus I'm doing that in-person November 9th, through the 13th in Northern California at my ranch. I'm actually not traveling so much now to teach. So if people want to see me in person, they have to come to me, but they can always take my online classes. And, um, um, Oh gosh, I lost it.
0: No, but I, am going to say that you also um, are are known for helping to find lost animals. Like that's something that you do and you don't have to see the animal. You don't even have to know what, you know, anything.
1: No, I, mean, I do, I do all different kinds of, of work with the animals, helping animals in crisis, helping find lost animals, helping people introduce animals to each other, helping people adopt new animals, helping people, uh, with behavior problems, all kinds of stuff like that. It's very useful. It, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's helped hundreds of thousands. I've helped hundreds of thousands at this I point. I know you have been doing it for over 20 um, but what I was going to say is that thing that you got with that lady, that's what I call a wow. And that's what starts to convince your brain because you're like, okay, I connected with this cat who's however many miles away England is. I don't know the cat. I've never seen the cat. I didn't see a picture of anything about that cat's house. I don't know that lady. And yet I got that the cat hears classical music played on a piano every night. How in heck did I get that? How did I get that? Yeah. If this isn't real, then you explain to me. You explain me. How did yeah. you get that? <laughs> yeah. if this is not real? It's incredible. It truly yes. is. Yeah. It's just that you've got
0: the faith to the thing
1: say is, it. If it's, a if it's a one-off, that's one thing. Yeah. But if it's consistent in every case, in 60 cases, and that's why I have my students do this. You know, sixty cases. They make a summary. You look at the summary, and there's most of them are ninety to one hundred percent. Sixty cases. Yeah. You can't argue with that. You just can't. Now, you had wanted me to talk about uh, helping people do this, and you also had a a friend who had an issue with the dog. So, Peter,
0: did you want to come I don't on, if you on now want to
1: talk about that now? But if you want,
0: you yeah, let's let's bring them on right now. Peter, you can come on. Put your microphone back on.
3: Hey
0: Frankie, hey
1: Martha, how are you? Good, good. I'm good. It's Mark, it's Mar- Peter. Martha, not Martha.
3: No, I said Martha.
1: M A R T A. Yeah,
3: that's what I said.
1: Huh. Okay, good. Sometimes people get that wrong.
3: Mm.
1: Now, um, I did see a picture of your dog, Peter, and mm-hmm. I understand one of your dogs had a knee injury. And um, which one is. Is that of the ones you sent me? Because uh, they're both black, so yeah. Which dog blind, is the one that, that has the Uh meat?
3: Molly. Is it? longer? Bo- both my dogs are rescue dogs. Molly is nine years of age. She's part border collie. Is
0: Molly and- is Molly the one with the ears that go out, or the or um, the smaller one?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's right. The one but, with border the ears. Is she?
3: you have,
1: have the longer hair, or the longer hair, or shorter?
3: Longer hair. Okay. Yeah. And we were um okay. swimming. No, don't, don't now,
1: say anything. Don't say anything. Hold on one second, Peter. Yep. Um I just want to find out you don't need to tell me anything more about personality, okay? But I would like to know, um, right now, what are you what are you doing for her? What are the that's suggesting? What's what's going
3: on for her knee injury? Okay. Right now, uh, she is taking some painkillers that were ordered by the vet. On Thursday of this week, this being Tuesday, she's getting x-rays. And the x-rays are going to determine whether she is a candidate for surgery for her knee.
1: Okay. Now, have just this is what I tell everybody, mm-hmm. because this is what I do. Have you Googled, have you looked for a holistic vet to get a consultation with?
3: No, I have not. I have a vet here in the area that I live in that I'm pretty happy with, so obviously i went there, but I haven't gone beyond that.
1: Okay. Well, I recommend, and you don't have to take my recommendation, but I do recommend that people look into the holistic alternatives Mm -hmm. for whatever they're dealing with. So, for example, Example: If you Google, and I recommend that people Google, if you Google knee injury dog alternative or knee injury dog holistic, you're going to find tons of stuff that okay. your regular vet won't tell you about because that's not what they do, mm-hmm. but the holistic vets do that. So I would say look into that, look into diet, you know, organic, real food diet, the whole nine yards, and you can find a holistic vet who can help you with that and um, the, it's the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association website. It's their initials, AHVMA.org. So right, I, I would just suggest do you do that. So yeah. what what I told Frankie is that I am restricted because I'm not a vet. I can't look at how she's feeling physically. Mm-hmm. But we can all Look at how she's feeling emotionally. Now, um, if you can move your camera, if it's not too hard to just move your camera so that the viewers could take a look at her, that could be helpful. If it's not too hard for you, if you have a lot well, no, um
3: Oh, yeah, that's easy. Right down right there, lying here. down. Well, that's good. <laughs> she's black, so you know. Kind of medium she's...
1: hair, black. Hi, Molly. That's what she looks like.
3: Hey, Molly. Hi, Molly. Hey,
1: Molly. Okay, that's good hi molly
3: good that's girl. good enough <laughs> okay
1: now what we're gonna do is what i teach my students to do in the very very beginning so peter you can leave it on her or put it on you it doesn't matter okay. and and this is for you to learn as well peter you can learn to do this as well it's what i call first impressions you can put the camera and back on the reason That's fine. You can have it on both of you. Sure. The reason I came up with this was because it doesn't take any training. It's something you can just do and see what happens. Okay. So for you and for people in the audience, the way to do this is you're basically, you've got the picture of the dog. You're basically asking what I would call universal knowledge. You could also call it the Akashic Record. Um. You're basically just asking what the physicists who are studying this field call all the knowledge in the universe. Mm-hmm. Because their theory is that whatever you want to know, you ask for it, you can know. So you're saying to the universe, okay, universe, and I like to think up. I kind of close my eyes and think up. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, universe, tell me, you know, anything you want to tell me about this dog. Plus, tell me, how is she feeling emotionally? How, how is she doing? Mm -hmm. you know whatever you you can pick up now the the way that this works is if nothing comes in you have to make something up you have to write something down you can't come back with a blank paper and the reason I tell people to do that is because it's too easy to hide behind well teacher I couldn't do it and when Mm -hmm. you hide behind well teacher I couldn't do it you don't go anywhere you just get stuck Mm -hmm. in a rut So you're going to make something up, Peter. Frankie's going to see what she gets. I'll see what I get. And we'll all compare notes. And you want to just, whatever comes in first, first impressions, and then you say, okay, and how's she feeling? First impressions. So you're not actually asking her. One could, and she might jump in there and go, hi, Peter. I'll just tell you how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. But we're starting by asking the universe. Okay, does that all make sense to everybody? I know it does to Frankie. Yep. Does that yep. make sense, that
3: makes
1: sense to you, sense Peter? That. Are we going to do this now? It yeah, okay. Yep. We're going to do it right now. Yep. Cool. So everybody, just close your eyes. You've got an image. You know what she looks like. And everybody who's listening can do the same. You think up toward all the knowledge in the universe above you. And you just say, hey, universe, tell me something about Molly, the little Border Collie mixed dog. And tell me how she's feeling emotionally.
3: Marta, I'm, I'm getting a sense that Molly is feeling pretty well, but I don't know whether that's coming from the universe or because I already had that sense. Um, certainly since she's been taking these painkillers, she's been a lot more mobile than she was before. I mean, we go out for walks several times a day. I don't take her for nearly as long as I used to, but um, she's certainly more mobile. She's wagging near her tail. She seems to be a happy puppy. So I don't know whether I sensed that already or that came through the universe. That's certainly the message i not get. And that's good.
1: Well, you know, the problem, yeah, that would be good if that's true. And and of course it's it's pretty hard to verify any of this stuff because it's so subjective. Mm-hmm. But you can base it on her behavior, you know, yeah. acting like she's doing better. Um And when you're working with your own animal, you're always going to have that limitation of like, well, is this just me or, you know, is it real? And what I say is you just have to keep doing it over time. And eventually when you're working with your own animal, and I do teach you how to talk directly to them, we're not going to do that this morning, but, you know, that is a skill that one can acquire. Over time, you will start to get information that will convince you, oh, that was her. Like, like if your animal tells you something is wrong, like, oh, you know, my leg hurts. Like before, or if you didn't notice there was knee injury, and she goes, my knee, is, I have a problem with my back leg. And you're like, well, I don't see anything. And then two hours later, she starts to limp. That would be proof that what you got two hours earlier is correct. So True. that is often the way you get proof if you're an animal. Um, Or if they tell you something that you forgot about, oh my God, I forgot I was told to get her a bed. Okay, I'll get you a bed. Um, But what you have to do with your own animal is pretty much what you have to do anyway. You just have to trust and go, trust and go with it, trust and go with it. And you don't get to go into that analytical, critical brain because your analytical, critical brain will kill your intuitive brain every single time. So you just don't get to go there. If you get something wrong, you go, oh, well, wonder why I got that. But you don't get to go, you're stupid. You're an idiot. You know, it's not about that. It's completely different than regular school. Okay. okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so Frankie, what did you get? What did I, you get? About I
0: got that, that she was a little worried about Peter um, worrying him with her injury. She doesn't like mm-hmm. to bother him. And I, I, I got that sense that she was feeling a little um, sad about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, 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 got her worried. True. I got her worried as well about what's going to happen. And I got that she really doesn't want to keep going to the vet. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm good, you know, mm-hmm. and she was worried about uh, what's going to happen to her. Now, there is, there is a whole other area of treatment that you could explore with a holistic vet, which would be laser treatment and acupuncture and even chiropractic. So there's a lot of other things that you might want to look at with regard to this problem. Just Mm -hmm. like with anything that's going on for you personally, you know, I go to acupuncture, chiropractic, you know what I mean? Massage. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I checked in with her this morning Before I go to a a regular Mm doc. And I just want to say that what came to me then was water. Yeah, and I saw like a whirlpool, water whirlpool. And I felt like her, just like you would put a horse in, in, in a bath like that, I felt like that would benefit her her knee. Mm. That's what it's I got. one of the
1: alternatives. There are alternatives to surgery. There's all kinds of alternatives yeah. to surgery. <clears throat> the regular vets are not going to tell you that, no matter how nice they are, that's not their expertise.
3: Sure. Um, frankly, the water piece may come from... We were swimming, and somehow this is where that happened. I don't know whether it was in the water or whether she was climbing out and hurt herself. Um, But uh, we we no. But
0: I just got this relief, water, and uh, relief feeling Mm -hmm. from that. That's well. It would
1: be exercise without pressure. Yeah, and you want to look at alternatives to what? What are the medicines they're giving? Because holistic vets tend not to give medicines; they do herbs and other supplements. And um, hydrotherapy is one of the alternatives to doing ACL surgery. So there's tons of information if you want to research
0: it. It's interesting. It's a phenomenal field. And, and, you know, I often know that, you know, Bongo will come to me and he'll just look at me and I go, and it's like water. I go, oh, your bowl's empty? Oh, okay. <laughs> and you go and his bowl is empty. you I'll go, Philip Bongo's bowl, his ball's empty. And they go, how do you know that? I said, he just told me.
3: Yeah, well, Molly is even more demonstrative than that. If her water dish empties, she'll grab it in her mouth, walk it, and put it like. Just in case you
1: figure
3: it out. Yeah. My question is this um, Should I continue with the x rays that are booked by my vet for Thursday? Well, I.
1: can't tell you what to do because i'm not a vet however you if you find a holistic vet you could call them and you could put off the x-rays and go to the holistic vet and see what they have to say Mm
3: -hmm. but you have
1: to find a good holistic vet.
3: unfortunately
1: some Mm -hmm. of them are not truly holistic so they need to really be you know they need to have all the modalities. They need to be doing you know, real food, organic food. They need to be doing uh, acupuncture, herbs. I have a connection for you, food, Peter. Like
3: that. Well, in, in okay. the-
0: yeah, I interviewed one. Oh,
3: okay. okay. Because I, that's probably my problem too, uh, Marta. Just so you know, I live in a, a small town, and whether there'll be a holistic bath here or not, I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Well, but he, he I'm going to give you the website. We're in Canada, Marta. Don't forget.
3: Yeah, it doesn't I'm matter.
1: Too. They list Canada. They okay. list Canada as well.
3: Okay, on I'm on that website. group of uh, so. nice. Well,
1: well okay. just go to ahaa. because they now have listings. American Veterinary Holistic Medical Association. dot o r g.
3: Okay.
1: A. dot org, and they do have listings all over the world now. Good. Not us
0: and canada perfect awesome mm-hmm. well that's great i mean that's so, a good demonstration of you know how you can check in with your with your animal yes. and um it's a beginning a start sure. for, for those yep. who who have not experienced it before mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and i mean there's no question i am very concerned about her and frankie for your since when you said i was coming across from marta um, yeah, I'm sure she senses yeah. that I'm concerned about her. I mean, these two dogs are my best friend. Uh, of course, they have, I mean a huge amount to me. Yeah, uh, and they
0: and
1: they them. know everything you're feeling. They know everything you're feeling and everything you're thinking. I so you. I always tell people, you don't have any secrets from your animals. <laughs> no secrets. <Nope. laughs> if mm-hmm. you thought you had secrets, you don't.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> just so, in case. And- I just want to to clarify, like. Some people will go, oh, is that psych? Are you psychic? And I know that you like to use the word intuitive, and, and I like to use the word intuitive, too, because it has a little different connotation to it. Um, Marta, you want to talk to, to that?
1: Well, the word intuitive has less emotional charge than the word psychic. Mm-hmm. But what I say in my book and what I say in my classes is what we're doing is psi ability psychic ability, ESP, sixth sense, intuitive ability. Remote viewing. It's all the same. (laughs) You do remote viewing. All of those are all in one big pot, Mm -hmm. but people don't like to call it psychic, you know, for whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what what it is. And I, in my book, well, I was just going to say in my book, Beyond Words, I researched, you know, how indi- what indig- what had been written about indigenous culture doing this, like, way, way, way back, because like, mm-hmm. I see it as being ancient, mm-hmm. and there actually was a guy who studied Aborigines in the 1950s, and he studied how they used intuitive communication to communicate hundreds of miles between tribes, and they would know when somebody died, and they would know when somebody got married. And the researcher, whose name was Ronald Rose, in the book he wrote, I'll put it in the chat. It's called Primitive Magic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, by Ronald, Ronald Rose. It's really interesting. book. And, and he got paid to study them for eight years. I mean, he was out there for eight years studying their use. He got paid by the Psychic Research Society to do this.
3: Mm-hmm. And he
1: said, yeah, they're, they do psychic talk with each other because how else would they know? And, like, some guy would go, oh, so-and-so died. And he'd go, how the hell do you know that? He's 200 miles away. You know, and they weren't doing smoke signals. No telephones. And then he'd send somebody over there, find out the guy had died. they'd go back to the guy and go, how did you know that? And the guy goes, well, my little kookaburra bird told me. (laughs) You know? So that's how we used to be. And in my book, I do talk about another researcher, um, Danny Alford, who unfortunately died too young, who's brilliant. And he says, this is how we talk all the time, underneath talking. Mm -hmm. Underneath talking, we're sending Mm -hmm. messages and feelings. And that's why, you know, Native Americans said white men speak with four tongues. Because they could tell it was all lies coming out of white settlers' mouths. Yeah, yeah. They could tell. And dogs... Animals absolutely know. And that's why you'll have animals who are, like, really friendly and, oh, my God. Oh, and by the way, I got that she's really loyal, really calm, like she is, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: I feel like she's that kind of dog, really right solid are. dog. And but when you, have, when you have a dog that's really friendly to everybody, and all of a sudden this guy comes in the room and the dog starts freaking out, that's when you need to watch out because that dog knows something mm. that you can't see. Mm. Okay. So um, I, 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 uh, I
0: see that we might be,
3: no, we're, we good. we're good.
0: No, we're not, we're not. We still have a few minutes. Um, I did want to talk to you, Marta though, about the masters. Like how, what does it, what does it take to be get the masters from you? What would that look like for somebody who was interested in doing that?
1: Okay. Well, people do it
0: from all over the world, and I
1: use Zoom just like what we're using right now, and, and it works really well. It's like anybody who's old enough. It's like being on Hollywood Squares. Right? Everybody has their little square, <laughs> yeah. and I don't do more than ten people at a time, so it's not not like a webinar. Yeah, it's like being in the room with people. That's it. Feels like we're in the same room, only we have different backgrounds, you know, and. Um, and I, I, I have people take 11 core classes, which are listed on my website under the training master program, and I have them do 60 case studies. Yeah. The 11 core classes are what I've determined are necessary for you to have enough background to really be able to help people in whatever situation they call you about. And the 60 cases are necessary for people to build up their confidence to a level where when I go, okay, little fledgling, jump out of the nest, they're going to go. Okay, I'm ready, Mom. You know, they'll yeah. be the bird that the mural that flies off the redwood tree. You know, and so that's what I have determined is needed for people to feel confident and have enough confidence. And it seems to be working pretty well. Yeah. You know, the the students I'm graduating are are doing well and they feel confident.
0: And I just want to say that this is a skill so that doesn't not just for animals, but for Trees, plants, Mother Nature, anything that you want to communicate with that that communicates in an intuitive way. I have some of my
1: students are are gardeners. So they're working on helping clients with their organic farming and their gardening. Um, And I should mention that I offer things that other people don't offer when they're teaching people. Because I have all kinds of in-person, I mean, the classes are in-person, they're not webinars, they're not something you read and, you know, send in some homework or something. It's all inter- interaction, interpersonal, up close, you get, you get to talk to me and ask questions. Plus, uh, two times a month, I, I have a private meeting with people by Zoom, and they can review their cases and ask their questions and talk about what's holding them back. So nobody else offers that. Yeah. No other te- team offers that. Cool. They just don't. You don't get that you don't get that personal, you know, help. But
0: that's what you need to be able to do it. So it's a unique program. Yeah, it is. And I just want to tell people like if you're listening to this and you might have heard me talk about the fifth dimension a few times on this show, but this is really, you know, where you're where you're learning to communicate from the heart instead of the mind. And and this is you Actually changing your own physiology as you move towards you know, going from third dimension through to the fifth. And this is what it's, it's life will be like. And you're helping to change the world by doing things like this. You really are. I think it's phenomenal. Marta, you know, you're... Well, two things. Here. One,
1: I would say you're also looking at your gut. You're also looking at your gut. Your gut is called your second brain. When people get intuition, they go, well, I have this hunch, this gut feeling. Well, it's not just about heart. It's also about gut. Yeah. And... The Hopi prophecies, which really propelled me into this field, because when I was doing environmental stuff, I'm like, "This is not enough. What needs to happen on this planet mm-hmm. if we're going to save it?" And what I kept getting was, "People have to change their consciousness." Mm-hmm. Yes. And I said, "Well, how do you do that?" You know, and that's what I came. This is what I came up with, and it's it's been phenomenal at changing people's consciousness because once you get it. That everything, trees, butterflies, worms, you name it, has consciousness. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's and phenomenal. Then, then your whole thing shifts. And what the Hopi say is, if we take the Hopi high road, we're going to get to paradise without all a whole lot of bad stuff happening. But if we don't, you know, we're going to go the low road, that's not going to be fine. So I'm like, okay, then let's find the way to take the Hopi high road.
3: Yeah. Like change the, the high
1: road. <laughs> here, you know, things are happening, but, you know, using magic, I'm going to say that we might be able to ameliorate some of it and we might be able to transition into some other kind yeah. of world. Obviously this world is not working, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. the way we're running this world. Is-
0: Let, let's tell folks how they can reach you. I'm sure I've got a lot of people out there now who want to become animal communicators.
1: <laughs> well, even if they just want to learn a little bit, they don't have to take the program. Yeah. They can just learn the basics. Yeah. How to talk to their own animals and Bob's your own. Yeah. So I have a website. It's my name, MartaWilliams.com. Perfect. And that's M-A-R-T-A Williams.com.
0: Thank you so much. Everything's Big virtual there. hugs to you that. for coming on today.
3: <laughs> Marta, thank, thank you. Thank
0: you. Peter, thank, thank you. You're so
3: welcome. Thank you,
0: you, Frankie. Hi, Molly. See you later.
3: (laughs) And coming up next
0: is Brent, our our resident movie correspondent critic. Brent? Hello. Hi, Frankie. How are you? Say hi to Marta.
2: Hello.
0: Brent doesn't come on camera. He's just a voice from outer space. (laughs) We're good. I'm
1: just trying. You know, Frankie, I I haven't ever... uh,
0: I've always been the host. Oh, okay. Just um, to you go to your video camera. It says end, end meeting for you or you just stop your camera. Oh,
1: Oh, there it is. Down at the bottom. Thank you. I, I'm usually the host,
0: so I don't know how to do it. I
2: Yes. <laughs> right?
0: Okay. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Brent, it's you and I.
2: Hey, We're Frankie, how are meeting. you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. So, the first that you were going to talk about some movies today, we we're going to talk about The Land of Steady Habits, and that's, that's a Netflix movie.
2: It certainly is. It's uh, And it's really one of the, I think, one of their best projects uh, to date. Um, <clears throat> this movie might be a little bit hard to find because Netflix tends to just put their movies in theaters for very short times and then go to streaming.
0: Okay. Uh, it's actually on there, though, because I, I have it on my Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So you can watch um, it there, guys.
2: Well, if streaming is the best way to see it, then, you know, you can catch it that way or if it, you know, if you still have the chance to see it in the theater, then you, you know, you can always do that too. Um, uh, but this is a, a terrific new film. It's um it didn't get a whole lot of publicity before it came out. But it tells the story of a uh a recently divorced and recently retired middle-aged man uh named Anders played by Ben um Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. And he's um he basically is completely starting his life over because he wasn't feeling very happy with the way things were going. And he's sort of, you know, foundering about trying to figure out what it is. that's going to make him happy. And um, as someone who is accustomed to living a life of very steady habits in many ways uh, he's not accustomed to thinking outside the box. And now that he has the freedom to basically do what he wants to do, he's not quite sure what he wants to do with himself. Uh, unfortunately, he ends up getting himself into some rather precarious situations in which he makes some bad decisions and um, doesn't really uh, think things through in terms of the consequences of what's going to happen. So he's he's desperately looking to find his ways. And yet, at the same time, he's really not, what you would say, I guess, a really bad person. He's sincere in wanting to become a better person from who he was. Uh, he just doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> and gotcha. I think that's something that a lot of people, yeah. you know, who suddenly find themselves with all of this creative and life freedom that they didn't have before, they, they don't quite know what to do. And that's what, what he's going through. So. And Connie Britton
0: I love Connie Britton. I don't know why, but anything she's in, I just, I always love. <laughs>
2: Well, and, 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 you know, she's she, all the characters he's running into are, are also sort of on the outs in terms of trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives as well. So, um, you know, I guess you could say Misery Loves Company in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um, this is a, it's a really kind of interesting picture in the fact that it's uh, sometimes very humorous. Sometimes it's very, you know, it's full of melancholy. Um but it's all really about, you know, somebody just trying to find their path and find their spark to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And I think it's something that probably, you know, a lot of people are going through these days and don't necessarily have a lot of examples that they can draw from in terms of figuring out what course should I follow,
0: you know, yeah, in yeah. terms
2: of figuring especially out. Especially
0: midlife. Especially midlife. You, you know, yeah. I call it that midlife metamorphosis.
2: Yeah. Um, it's – um one of those movies where you, you also kind of at times find yourself saying, I, I really wonder why I should be liking this <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, you know, as I say, he does, he does put himself in some rather questionable situations at times. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's all part of the learning curve. And I think that's, uh, something that we can all benefit from. Yeah. Um, the characters are all very real in many ways. And it's something that maybe uh, some viewers are going to be a little bit uncomfortable with because they might initially look at, at that and say, Oh, people really aren't like that. But when they think <laughs> about it, they're like, well, no, they actually, they are, <laughs> but I don't expect to be seeing that on the screen when I go to watch a movie.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: the movie is uh, directed by a woman named Nicole Holofcener, Center. And, She's a really terrific director. She's made some great movies. They haven't received a whole lot of recognition up to this point. Uh, probably the one she's best known for prior to this was a movie that came out a few years ago with um, uh, James Gandolfini and um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus called Enough Said.
0: I love that movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, and this is, um, you know, very much in the same sort of vein. It's, a, it's not quite as um, maybe as commercial. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote," as that film was, but you can definitely see the same sort of fingerprint yeah. in terms of the directorial style in this film that you saw in that film. Is that this one just happens to be a slightly, uh, maybe darker, mm-hmm. you know, approach to things than what was in what was in that story? So, um, so I, I recommend this very highly. It sort of, like I say, it sort of came out of nowhere. I didn't really get hear a whole lot about it before it was released. Uh, And I I did manage to see it while it was still in the theater, but I I loved it. I think it's really a great film. Oh, we're
0: good. Every movie that you have told us you love, we love, so we're going to
2: definitely (laughs) love it. Well, and and actually, um, Nicole is sort of kind of on the fringes at this point as far as being considered a contender for an Oscar nomination for Best Director.
0: Wow, good for her.
2: Yeah. So, I uh, again, you know, this one, go see it. I like it a lot. Cool. What's next, The Wife? Okay, so next we have The Wife.
0: Oh, I love Glenn Close.
2: And this is the film that is many ways being touted right now as the picture that may finally win Glenn Close an Oscar. Uh, it tells the story of a famous uh, best-selling novelist played by Jonathan Price, who is on the verge of uh, winning the Nobel Prize for Literature, and uh, when he finally gets the news that he's going to be—he's been selected—he's absolutely thrilled. Uh, and his wife, played by Glenn Close, is somebody who has always been attending to all of his needs all these many years. And one would think, in a moment like this, that she should naturally be as thrilled as he is, but there's a certain sort of lack of a spark in terms of what happiness she's feeling. And viewers might wonder, well, where is that coming from? And that's what this, this film is about. It's exploring uh, what her feelings are in the wake of her husband uh, winning this great honor. Um, and one of the things I really like about this film is uh, the performances Um Glenn Close, Jonathan Price, and uh, Christian Slater in a supporting role are all fantastic. Um, But the thing about Glenn Close in particular is that she shows a range in this role that I haven't seen in many of her other parts. Um, Even though she's been nominated for Oscars, I believe, six times. Wow. A lot of those characters, as as well as she portrayed them, tended to be somewhat one-dimensional. Um, this character is more multidimensional than what she's done in a lot of other things. So if she ends up winning the award for this film, I would say it's really very well-deserved because um, she does a great job in playing this very complicated character who's trying to uh, figure out what she should do in terms of both supporting her husband, but also in terms of supporting herself and taking of She's feeling like a
0: little lost and, you know, where's her glory? Where's how she gave up her stuff for him kind of yeah, thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some flashbacks in the film where you see that she too was an aspiring writer at one mm-hmm. point
0: mm-hmm. but
2: ended up backing off from it um, because she was told by another author in the 1950s when she was in college that women don't cut it as writers.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, women are given all sorts of silly messages. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so... Um, yeah, the, the movie is a little bit on the predictable side um it's 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 kind of easy to figure out where it's going fairly early on so that's one of the things that i didn't like about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it it's made up for by the performances because as i say this was um you know probably the some of the best work she's done it and it's really some of the best work that her two co-stars have done as well um, I don't know that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're going to get the same recognition that she does, but uh, certainly they they deserve it because they're they really provide a a, a good supporting um, cast of characters to, for her to work with this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So next. We have Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Now, I wanted to say something about this film. I dragged my husband to it last week or two weeks ago, and he didn't want to go see it because of the name. He goes, "Who wants to see Crazy?" That looks stupid. I don't like it. He loved it. <laughs> loved the film. It's a great film. It's fun. It, it really is.
2: It's a very delightful little charmer. You know that is, um, you know, it's kind of formula, but. Yeah. You know it's very funny and it's very warm it's very touching um and it's also nice to see a cinematic constituency represented on mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. you know that typically doesn't get a whole lot of attention
3: mm-hmm.
2: um but the film is um really you know quite enjoyable it's it's uh, it's been out for a little while um but it's and it's made but it's made a lot of money i mean it's been very popular with audiences and very popular with critics. So it's something that a lot, of th- a lot of times you don't see that combination come up, you know, in a lot of films that aren't necessarily, you know, your typical summer blockbusters or yeah. things like that.
0: And it's kind of lush in the way that, that, that a Bollywood film is, but it's not Bollywood at all.
2: Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, some people might say that they're uh, they're dealing in some stereotypes here, which is true to a certain extent. Um, but it's not the kind of thing that really the characters themselves seem to be especially bothered with. So if they're not going to be bothered with it, well then, why you know, we? why should viewers be bothered with it? So.
0: <laughs> well, I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 98 or something. And I'm like, wow, like that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a good romp. It's lots of fun. And, it, you know, you come out feeling good and that's important.
2: So, yeah. So this I was, um, five dollars I'm not sure how much longer this is going to be in theater so if you if yeah. uh if viewers haven't seen it yet, I'd say go see it soon it's probably not going to be around a whole lot longer um but um it is good seeing it on the big screen because there yeah. are a lot of very colorful images there's a lot of beautiful venues in the film mm-hmm. uh, there are some uh some really lavish shots of food in the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, So seeing that, seeing it on a big screen, I think really is a, is a good way to see this movie because it'll really make those elements of the story and those elements of the cinematography just kind of pop as you're watching it. So,
0: yeah, I agree. Okay.
2: Now next we have probably the controversial film of this, of this installment. And that's my, Michael Moore's new documentary Fahrenheit 119. Yeah. Um now Michael Moore is always sort of a lightning rod <laughs> whenever he releases something because he's he's very opinionated uh and he's rather pointed usually in making the uh, you know the the case that he's making with his film. This one is very interesting in the fact that it's different <laughs> from many of his other movies. Uh, the thing that I really kind of sets this one apart is in his previous films, with Moore being kind of, you know, the diehard liberal, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it's always been a case of, oh, the right is bad and the Republicans are bad and so yeah. forth. Uh, this time he's, you know, he continues that, that storyline, but he's also saying, you know, in terms of where we've gotten ourselves, there's plenty of blame to go around.
0: Yeah, and he kind of an equal opportunity distributor this t- in this movie. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, I think
2: that's one of the things that may shock a lot of viewers when they go see it. Even
0: his he, beloved Obama he hits on.
2: Yeah, I mean, some people might say he's taking on his own people this time. and yeah.
3: He says know, he's not. When, when,
2: but when you start with, the, when he, you start with the, the, the principal question at the beginning of the film where uh, with the election of Trump, he says people might ask, how did this happen? you get to see how the opposition in many ways kind of paved the way mm-hmm. to make it happen. And, um, you know, it's, I, I see this as a film that's kind of going to be uh sort of equally equal opportunity offensive to a lot of viewers. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's, it's in many ways kind of cutting edge in the fact that it's making a statement saying the problem is not, republican or democrat left or right the problem is the system itself yeah And that's what needs to change and they
0: have to get rid of that electoral college they have to do that yes yeah you know, like that's like number one Let, let's get rid of that well and i, and I also- love michael moore because he's like the truth teller he's the he's he's that you know barometer for for all of us you know that morality lightning rod almost and and he's not afraid to tell it like it is
2: well, the the one thing though I think that you know that might hurt the film a little bit, might hurt um, might hurt him a little bit, is the idea that a lot of people still I think are very clinging to their ideologies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm a Democrat and I always think the right is wrong, or I'm a Republican and yeah. I always think the left is wrong. And he's saying you've got to get past that, you know, tunnel vision. I do yeah, people and look do at it and say the whole thing is wrong. That's what's yeah. gonna be fixed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So it could very well be that this is a message that might be a little bit ahead of its time, but I, I think it's it also significant in the fact that it seems to have um broken ground and finally, you know, you're finally seeing a movie that comes along and actually says this straight out, saying, you know, it's the whole thing that's broken. <laughs> Um, yeah.
0: And and like you said, it's not, you know, it's not a whole film of Trump bashing. It's maybe 12 minutes of Trump bashing.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, the, um, he does, you know, it, people might also look at it and say, well, if the whole system is broken, then how do we fix it? Well, he offers some, some solutions in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he looks at some examples of, of people who have become like citizen politicians and have, you know been remarkably successful in winning primary elections uh you have people who have organized initiatives to combat some of the problems like the the school kids who were uh, the survivors of the parkland school shooting mm-hmm. in florida mm-hmm. uh, and the rallies that they've done to help get people on board amongst their own peer group nationwide in big big numbers you yeah. know to protest the gun violence uh the uh, the the Successful resolution of the West Virginia statewide teacher strike where the the teachers were notoriously underpaid, and they basically presented a unified front where they went out and said, "We're not going to keep doing this, you need to start paying us more for what we're doing and not only did they did they get what they wanted, but they they inspired teachers in other states to start doing the same thing, and they started getting what they wanted as well so it's it's not the kind of thing where you come away from this saying it's completely hopeless. There is hope for it. But what it does require is for people to kind of get up off their behinds and start, you know, saying we can't rely on these people to fix things for us anymore because they're just not, they're part of a system that's self-serving and greedy and um, we just can't rely on them. You know, we want to do it. We've got to do it ourselves. Right. So. Um, The only thing I I was really a little disappointed with the film is that um, it it is a little bit unfocused at times. Uh, He he brings in an awful lot of things, and I I could see where he really wanted to get a lot of things off of his chest. Um, And it's good that they're all pointed out, but they don't always mesh quite as well as maybe some of his other films have done. So that's one thing that I think viewers need to bear in mind, that It's the kind of movie where you're going to have to maybe look for the nuggets Mm -hmm. of uh, inspiration that come out of this. Um, And you do need, I would say, to, you know, keep an open mind. Because, as I say, a lot of people jealously sort of hang on to their ideologies. And if they really want to get the point of what he's trying to say, they'll need to let go of that. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I don't think you're wasting your time. Yeah. Having a gander, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's good to have it to, to, to sort of let new ideas come into your head and so they can start to, you know, have a different perspective on what's happening.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And lastly, we have a movie that is not playing very widely, but if you're in a city that is featuring a film festival, particularly a gay film festival, there's the film Maplethorpe which is a film biography of the famous erotic art photographer Robert Mapplethorpe that uh, explores his rise to fame and uh, his fall from grace in many ways. And it's interesting to see uh, how he ended up uh, developing a following given the fact that he was in many ways really quite out there in terms of his vision and his aesthetic Uh, at a time when things were not quite as open-minded as they are now. Um, This film stars uh, Matt Smith, who's probably best known from Doctor Who fame, uh, in portraying the, the photographer... And he gives a phenomenal performance. Uh, he's just—you completely forget that he was ever Doctor Who while you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you'd never see Doctor Who doing a lot of things that Robert Mapplethorpe was doing too. So, yeah, yeah that's funny. Um, but it's—it's uh, it's a very—a um, very capably told story that's got a lot of nuance in it, which is kind of interesting, given the fact that the, the story is as as explicit as it is. Uh as one of the things that I should caution um potential viewers about is the fact that this is a very explicit film sexually. So if you're a sensitive viewer, don't go see it, you'll be offended. Um, but um, it it does supposedly have a distributor, but it hasn't been it hasn't made it into the the general uh cinema screening schedule yet. So
0: Yeah. And it probably, mini- probably won't. <laughs> Yeah, it might
2: not. I mean, it may it may be one of those things that goes you know direct to to DVD yeah. or something like that. Um, but right now, it is making the film festival circuit. Uh, if you do want to see something that's kind of different, uh, provocative, and um, you know, yeah, titillating, it's
0: interesting. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It, it's just you know not for every viewer. No. Yeah. Even even you know if you are gay. It's probably not for every viewer.
2: True. Well, and the thing is, maplethorpe he did other kinds of photography as well. He was very known. He was known for doing uh, beautiful photography of florals. Um, and uh, he also photographed celebrities. And I, I mean, as the movie shows, he even did weddings. You know, oh, wow. Well. If it paid right. I mean, yeah. he was willing to do just about anything. Um, but he's obviously best known for his. Um, very creative and at times disturbing, uh, you know, erotic gay male art. So,
0: so is it, do you think that that's something that, that, um, collectors, collectors items in, in many homes,
2: the, for,
0: for, for, yeah, for like, is this something that let's say, um, in a gay couple's home is a, is there, is there a Mapplethorpe? Yeah.
2: A yeah. yeah and I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that original Mapplethorpes are probably going for like an incredibly, you know, very pretty penny. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, there's probably been a fair number of, you know, reproductions that you would probably, those will be what you would more likely see probably in someone's home than anything else. But yeah. cause the originals are probably just out of, <laughs> out yeah. of, above my pay scale. I know that. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. Okay, Brian, I'm gonna ask you to stop sharing your screen because I can't see what time I've got. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for bringing these movies to our attention. I, I love it. And uh, <laughs> well, there'll, be enough... a lot,
2: there'll be quite a bit more coming next month because we're really getting to, we're really gearing up for award season right now. So there's a lot of new releases that are going to be yeah. coming out, starting just like within the next week or two um and also um coming- i'm looking
0: forward to a star is born i think i think lady gaga probably did a really good credible job in that movie
2: yeah that one's getting a lot of buzz and also uh, the the neil armstrong biopic first man that's getting a lot of buzz um and uh also next month is the chicago film festival so that's my annual yeah to, you know um you know movie binging for a couple of weeks so so there'll be a lot coming out of that as well
0: that's incredible. Okay, well, we will look forward to next month at the movies with you. And I want to thank uh, Marta Williams again for being my wonderful guest today. And if you, you know, have an animal that you want to communicate with and aren't sure how to do it, go go check her out at martawilliams.com, www.martawilliams.com on the internet. And you can learn, you know, just a little bit or you can go all the way and get your master's and learn a whole lot. And Peter, uh, good luck with Molly. And uh, everybody will see you next week. Take care. Bye.